Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Welcome to another episode of Vitalnomics, where we bring clarity to vitality. And just to tell you listeners, we are actually recording this 12 days from Christmas. I normally don't like to date things, but we are 12 days from Christmas. And that's probably my favorite day because as a drummer, it is 12 drummers drumming. It's probably the loudest day of all. But in the studio, once again, we have Jim Randall from Ixano, and it's going to be an awesome discussion as we talk about developing a church revitalization plan. Jim, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great today, Gary. Good uh, good to see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and Merry Christmas to our listeners. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, Christmas is just right around the corner, and I know the anticipation is at least all over the towns that I'm going through. It's uh, everybody's decorating. Everybody seems to be happy. Um, <laughs> at least they seem to be happy. Uh, I think they are. I think they are. I feel that too as I travel. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a great, when you talk about revitalization, Christmas kind of revitalizes people in a, in a different way. And it's pretty cool. But today we're talking more about these irreducible questions of leadership. And uh, we're going to continue this conversation and so when we're talking about these irreducible questions of leadership, it's important for us, I think, to kind of ask the question for pastors and ministry leaders who are pursuing revitalization, like, what, what, is that, what does that mean? I mean, we've been talking about that a little bit, and we've had a couple of podcasts in between. So kind of bring us up to speed with where we're at. Yeah, Gary, um, the, the, the five irreducible questions of leadership are what we believe are fundamental for every pastor. And I will go a step further for a, for a pastor ministry leader and that is hoping or in the process of revitalization that those five irreducible questions of leadership are critical to the effectiveness of, of revitalization. And I'll go one step further and say, I'm not sure that I've ever seen a successful revitalization that the church and the ministry team did not have the clarity and the ability to answer those five questions. Mm -hmm. So where there's a void of the questions or where there is a blank reply to the questions, then, um, and certainly the more um, blank replies that, that you would find, the less likely that pastor in that church is actually going to be able to successfully revitalize because they are essential toward to the revitalization process. Yeah, no, that's really good. So we, we've been kind of walking through the, the different questions of leadership. So talk to us about the fifth irreducible question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so today we're going to, we're going to dive into uh, the, the, the question of, uh, answering question, where, mm. where is God taking us? And it's the, it's the vision question. It's the, 
it's the question that that says, okay, uh, here we are today, and this is where we want to be tomorrow. And if if a if a revitalization pastor can't answer that question, yeah, then in all likelihood they're not they're not headed toward revitalization. Uh, ben Benjamin Franklin, everybody probably knows this quote. Some of them may not. Some some people may not know where it's from. But Benjamin Franklin said that uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, evidences will show that uh, a successful revitalization is one that's been planned out, one that's been uh, planned, pursued. Right. And so, yeah, so that's that's where we are. And, and I love the framework that we're going to be talking about. I love how this framework is so perfectly adaptable and suitable for a revitalization pastor and ministry leader. Yeah. And so, you know, we're talking about like the Christmas season and stuff. And uh, when it comes to direction and going places, I know one of the things that drive me crazy is if somebody says, Hey, let's just, let's just get in the car. And then you get in the car. Right. Question is like, like, where are we going? And if somebody says, I don't know, like that bothers me. So when you talk revitalization, I think, you know, let me pose this question. Like, the question of where is God taking us, you know, yeah. I yes. for church revitalization. Yeah. Because if you're trying to, if you're trying to rally a congregation around the idea of, of, of being a, a, having a different result than what they're used to, then in order to rally a congregation around, a, or, you know, to that point, you've got to be able to cast vision. And if you can't if you can't cast vision, then in all likelihood you're going to be the only one with the passion and the dream and the desire to revitalize. Revitalize. Yeah. So you know we talk about vision planning as just that as a the the uh, the skill that a pastor ministry leader needs to be able to rally his congregation. You said this is the type of time of season where people become invigorated. Uh, well, that's what a vision plan should do. A vision plan should inspire a congregation to a different result, to go somewhere they've never gone before. And so this this framework just is is huge, and quite frankly, ends up being the phrase where the where the rubber meets the road, yeah. uh, as it relates to whether uh, uh, whether a church is actually going to see revitalization on the other side. Yeah, and and you've probably come across this. I know for me. When I ask the question, when I meet a pastor and I, and I usually ask two questions, I'm like, Hey, you know what, tell me about what God is doing. And then I ask that kind of that similar question. So where, where do you feel like God's taking your church? Like, wh where's the direction you're going? And I wish I had like a special effects for cricket noises, because that's what I would play during that moment. Because a lot of pastors can't answer that question. That's right. Oh, it's so scary. Uh -huh. It is very, it's very scary. Very scary. Uh, a lot of pastors grew up, they grew up under the uh, kind of a, a, a ministry learning that they would do strategic planning, Gary. Yeah. And we would come back and say that there is a, a difference in strategic planning and vision planning. So a lot of those pastors might have a little bit of an idea about maybe what their next step is. Right. Yeah. But they would not necessarily have any idea what their bigger vision is right 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 and so what happens is it gets scary for them to answer that question uh to even know the answer to that question because you know they they've just not 
heard from God in it, just to be frank, quite frank with you. They've not heard God speak into it in their life and in the life of their church. Yeah, so let's let's kind of unpack that a little bit. So explain the difference. You you dropped two terms, strategic planning and vision planning. So yeah, yeah. Difference between the two for our listeners. Yeah, so so strategic planning, and and I would maybe even use the word traditional strategic planning, is a series of next moves to make. And so many many ministry leaders grew up in an era where you put together a strategic planning committee mm-hmm. and that strategic planning committee would would come in and they would brainstorm uh, what are the next 10, 15, 20 things that our church needs to do. And oftentimes they're just kind of they're just kind of answering those questions and and, and kind of making that list independent of each other. And so for example, Somebody on the team says, hey, we need new carpet. Somebody says, hey, you know what? We've got deferred maintenance. We need a new boiler. Somebody says, hey, we need to pave the, the parking lot. Hey, we need to, you know, so you got your maintenance list of things that find its way in strategic planning. Then, then you have your ministry list. Somebody says, oh, man, you know, we really, we really need to consider a new playground for our kids' ministry. Hey, we really need to maybe consider a, a, a new theme for our kids' ministry or our student ministry. Somebody else will say, hey, you know, we really need to think about our, uh, our, our women's ministry going to another level. And, and what happens is every person that's on the strategic planning committee basically brings some type of personal idea or thought that they have, many times their own ministry pet project, and you, you create this list and Gary, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know if you've ever built your own home. Uh, I don't necessarily mean literally built it, but, you know, just kind of, uh, but even if you didn't, but you, you know, you, there is this thing called a punch list, or if you've ever been a part of any construction process, when toward the very end of construction and or after you've moved in, the contractor will come out and they'll build, they'll create a punch list. And the punch list can be pages upon pages upon pages. And they just you just go through and the and the subcontractors subs come out and they just check everything off the, the punch list has gotten done, right? Well, big answer here, but that's what strategic planning is. It is this massive punch list that churches have created historically. And this is the this is the big deal here. In traditional strategic planning, you have a punch list of next steps, and you hope that three, four, five years later, after moving down that punch list, you hope that you're at a different place as a church. At a, as a church. Whereas vision planning says, no, it's not about hoping that we're going to be somewhere. It's not about creating a list in order to hope that we end up somewhere. It is about determining where God wants us to be in the future, coming up with that vision where he wants us to be seven years from now, 10 years from now, and then backing into that with a plan to see that vision come to fruition. And, and so you have to think of it, um, in, in matter of fact, if I were to, to, to kind of even say this, the logic behind vision planning is a is a a different logic than behind strategic planning. Strategic planning logic is now, next, future. Where are we now? What's the punch list of things we need to do next? 
And okay, maybe that's going to take us somewhere in the future. Well, the logic behind the logic behind uh, vision planning is future. It's where are we now? Where does God want us to go? And then what are the steps he wants us to take to get there? And, and it's not normal for people to think that way. Most people are always, more people play checkers than they play chess. And checkers is about what's the next move. That's what strategic planning is. What's the next move? Vision planning is more about chess. It's more about thinking about where do we want to be at the end of the game? How would we want to win this game? And then we back in all of the moves that we need to take to get there, right? And so, uh, so yeah, that's that's the key aspect behind uh, the difference between strategic planning, vision planning, and the logic behind both of those. That's really good. So the, the concept of understanding, and you probably, I mean, you mentioned it, but uh, if, if there's anything else you want to add to it when it deals with the logic behind the vision planning, is there anything else you want to maybe add to that to help us understand that just a little bit more? Because probably somebody sitting here listening going, oh, I still have questions. Yeah, you know, like that's, that's pretty big, right? That's a, that's a, that's a, it's very conceptual, right? Um, well, here, here's what I would say. I would say pastor, ministry leader, you've got to set aside time to hear from God as a pastor, as a shepherd, to, for your team to hear from God, to be able to figure out, to be able to determine, to hear from God where he wants your church to be in some type of timeline in the future, whether that's five years, seven years, 10 years, 14 years, whatever it is. Uh, we are seeing that time stamp smaller post-COVID, shorter, I'm sorry, shorter. And so what I would say here is this, is that that the, the logic behind vision planning says that you have to figure out the long-term vision of your church. You have to think in terms of, and let, me, let me give you an example. Let me give you a quick example. Scripture talks to us about how Moses was called by God. And in that calling, Moses was given a mission, and the mission was to take the children of Israel out of bondage, out of captivity, and take them to the promised land. That was the mission. The vision was, was what the promised land looked like for the children of Israel to see in their mind's eye where they were, where they were going. And what a pastor's got to be able to tap into and understand is – how do I communicate to my congregation the future of our church? How do I describe it? How do I paint it? How's God given me that that clarity to be able to describe it and paint it in a new way in order to rally our congregation around it? So the the logic of now future next is heavily dependent upon a pastor being able to capture that future. That's really good. So when you're talking about long-term planning yeah. talk about how that's done like okay what does that look like yeah so what i did what i did gary is I've, I've we've got a download for everyone to to be able to kind of tap into and pull together uh it, it's called our horizon storyline template and it's a template that is it's actually an editable pdf template uh in which a ministry leader can go in and build out their vision for their church. And so when you look at this and, you know, as we look at it together here, Gary, 
it it has a what we would call a one four one four framework. And so as the listeners are dialing into this, I want to strongly encourage you to pull up that 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 framework, to pull up that document and and walk along with us. But the top one four is about what's the long range vision and plan for our church. So the top one is, okay, where do where does God want us to be? And let's just pick for the sake of conversation today, Gary, let's just say seven years out. Where does God want us to be seven years from now? And so we go into this, this top beyond the horizon vision, which is the furthest one out, and say, you know what? Seven years from now, I dream of the day when uh, we're making decisions on who we're trying to reach, not who we're trying to keep in our church. I, I dream of the day where we have to we have to schedule we have to schedule baptisms um, in such a way that is drastically what we're doing now because there's so many people wanting and needing to be baptized you know and and in every church I dream of the day where we share we share twenty five thousand gospel conversations uh, through the through the people um, of our church wherever they're at work at home at play wherever it is but they're having gospel conversations and so this idea of a long-range vision or the beyond the horizon is is naming that that better future matter of fact the definition of vision is it is a living language that illustrates and anticipates god's better future so we want to characterize that we want to capture that we want to name that uh and that's the furthest out now once we develop that first seven-year vision kind of timestamp, we then go, okay, if, if that's our vision for seven years out, what are the four things we have to work on now, start working on now? And these are big rocks. I mean, these are big rocks. We got to, we got to, we got to, you can either say we could, we got to move these rocks out of the way. We got to do something, but these big rocks are absolutely critical for us to take care of in order for us to make significant movement toward that long range vision. And so let me give an example, give an example of this. Let's say our long range vision is that we want to be a place. We want to be a church that is um, moving the needle as it relates to the uh, faith formation of families. Let's say that, let's say that as a part of our vision, we want to, uh, we want to reach, you know, a thousand families for Christ we want to help single parents. We want to help uh, married couples to be able to be the primary uh, one responsible for the faith formation of their kids, right? And let's say that vision is is huge. That vision is about reaching kids and families for Christ. It's about discipling them, right? And we put some really good, both qualitative and quantitative markers around that, right? And that's our Beyond the Horizon top one as a part of our 1414. Well, the four background strategies that we might have in place for that is we might decide that we want to uh, we want to to build a next gen uh, center uh, that that is very intentional about reaching that youngest generation of, of birth through twelfth uh, graders and and provide opportunities. For them to grow in their faith while they're at our church, but also to help equip their parents. Well, one of those big strategies that we're going to have is that we're going to we're going to have a fund the vision strategy. 
we got to figure out, you know, this, maybe we want to do a, you know, a $1 million or $1.5 million complex, right? Maybe there's something we can renovate. Well, we, you know, one of those strategies is fund that vision uh, of that new next-gen building. Another one of those strategies may be something like we got to actually build the building. And so we got to put together a team that's going to be responsible for building the building uh, alongside of the team that's over here helping to raise the funds for it, right? Then we decide that another one of our strategies is we want to completely retool. We can want to completely revision our kids' ministry. We want to rebrand it. We want to do a theme interp for it. We want to, um, you know, have all kinds of uh, just absolutely new and innovative ways to reach young families, uh, families with kids, um, not just through the center, but through, you know, the ministries of our church. And so we've got a third strategy to, to retool our next gen ministry, right? And then maybe, maybe one of these four strategies is say, listen, we can't do this alone, can't do this without leadership. And so a fourth strategy is that we need to focus on some type of, of, of a leadership pipeline for volunteers and key leaders that would be in this ministry. And we know it's going to take hundreds upon hundreds, maybe even a thousand volunteers over this next three years to see this all come to fruition. Well, those four big categories of funding the vision, uh, developing, you know, building the building, of, of, you know, retooling or relaunching the ministry, and, and let's say developing leaders is the fourth one. Those become our background strategies, our, our, the four of our top one four. Those become the four things that we're all focused on as a church for the next three years. And, and Gary, here's the beauty of it. That becomes our immediate long-range plan at the top. So the top one four, if you're looking at that template, that top one four of the Beyond the Horizon and the background uh, strategies and ideas, those become the combination of those two become our long range vision. Uh, does that make sense? I, I hope it does for the for the listener. Of course, we're gonna you know we're gonna be here to provide some additional answers to this and help answer some of those questions. But uh, hopefully that that starts to make sense at least on the top one for. Right. So what what would you say shouldn't be in those boxes? Okay, so that's a good question. So there's a couple of things that should not be in those boxes. The first thing and the lowest hanging thing that shouldn't be in those boxes is something that is just easy. It's it's short term. It's something that if we say, yes, we want to do that, we're going to have it done in, in 30 days. We're going to have it done in six months, right? Those boxes should be about something that it's going to take all of our attention, a lot of our attention over a long haul. And so um, if you're a mountain climber of any sort, you know, Everest or anything like that, or if you have interest or watching that a little bit, you think in terms of a, of a base camp in the valley, right? But you also think of what it's going to take to, to, to get to the top of the mountain, right? What's it going to take to, to uh, you know, to get to that crest up there? Well, more than likely about halfway up, there's going to be uh, a secondary base camp that you're, if it's depending on how far big of a mountain this is, that you need to get to. And if you don't get to those, that place, you don't have any really good chance at making it to the top of the mountain. Well, those are those four things. And so something that's very simple, 
very short term, should not be in those boxes. We're going to save that for the bottom one for. So that, that's the first thing I would say. Here's the second thing that really should not be in those boxes. What things that should not be in those boxes are other strategies that are not there to help you accomplish your beyond the rise vision. So, and, and I do, I'll, I'd give some grace for some indirect accomplishment, but I mean, there is just absolutely, it makes no sense. The vision I just outlined to you is a, is a, let's say it's a church's vision. And then let's say all of a sudden somebody says, well, you know what I think should be one of our strategies. I think we should, I think we should figure out how to, um, you know, and, and hear me out on this because this is gonna this is gonna create some pushback. I think we should figure out how to plant ten churches in Canada next year. Right now, am I a believer in planting churches? You're probably not going to get somebody who's a bigger believer in that right. than I am. But that strategy doesn't fit the Beyond the Horizon, and so if it doesn't fit the Beyond the Horizon, then another thing that should not be in one of those boxes. Is something that's not going to help that beyond the horizon big vision come to fruition. It's going to end up creating sideways energy. It's going to end up creating confusion as to what your vision is. It's really, really good. So we're we're getting close on time here, but yep. it's like on our next call, which will be next year, uh, believe it or not. Right, right. What can we expect in our next podcast together when we're talking about short-range planning? Well, what we want to do is we want to think in terms of a top one four when we talk one four one four, and we're going to talk we're going to think in terms of a bottom one four. So we just talked about the top one four, which is long range planning. What we'll do in the next episode is we'll talk about the bottom one four. Yeah. And the bottom one four is about what we're doing today, this month, mm -hmm. this quarter, this year. That's going to help us accomplish that big vision of climbing the mountain. In in our case, that we're talking about is a uh, is a uh, uh, what we're doing as far as reaching families uh, and their kids for Christ and discipling them, right? And so, so what we'll do is we come back on our next episode, we'll dive into the bottom one four and go, hey, listen, uh, what should we be rallying the church around for the next twelve months? That's going to help us make significant progress toward that bigger vision. Hey, what do we need to be doing this quarter? What do we need to be doing in December or in January, February, or March that's going to help us to accomplish that one-year focus that we're rallying the church around? And so what happens is when we come back next year, we're going to be talking about how do we get very tactical with this vision and in order to uh, in order to see it come to fruition, uh, Gary, if I could, I didn't talk about a lot about this phrase, but if I could leave a word to someone listening to the podcast, it's our dream. It's my dream. It's my desire. It's my um, um, hope that a revitalization pastor, ministry leader, someone who who's in that revitalization process, whether it's just in their head themselves or whether they formally are doing something, that they will pick up this, this tool, this 1414 tool, and they will develop and build out a plan to revitalize their church, an actionable plan. 
And so if if nothing else, if nothing else comes across in both this episode and the next one, it's that there is a simple tool for a pastor to just go through and fill out in the boxes. This is where we want to be in seven years. This is the four things we need to work on over the next three years. This is going to be our focus for this one year. This is what we need to be working on the next quarter. And if they'll do that, they they will have the complete opposite of Benjamin Franklin's quote that we started with, right? Um, You know, what most leaders end up doing, failing to plan, right, is planning to fail. Well, it's just the complete opposite of that, right? Plan, uh, planning to succeed, right, is succeeding with planning. And I, that's my prayer for a pastor, that they will see that and they will move their church to that point with using this very simple framework. That's awesome. Yeah, this has been really good. And I, I think this is a good starting place to put this conversation because as pastors are closing out their year, um, I know a lot of pastors are saying, man, I hope next year is better. And yeah. I and be better. Gary, Gary, do you know what one of the most Googled keywords are on December 30th, December 31st, and January 1st for pastors? No. It's it's the word vision. Vision, okay. So it's the end of the year, right? They reflected on where they've been this year. Right. They're in that process about where does, like, how's next year going to be different? And they start Googling. How do I, how does my church have a vision? How do I get a vision for next year? How, you know, vision planning. So this tool could not quite frankly come at a better time for a pastor that's going to catch themselves Googling vision on New Year's Eve or on, you know, January 1st or 2nd. You get where I'm going with that. Yep. yep. No, that's so good. And so I think it's, it's important as we close out this podcast to develop a church revitalization plan. And so this has been great, Jim. We've been traveling here for a couple of months together and yeah. closing out this year. And we're going to be going into next year together. So I'm excited. Right. What's coming up? I, I am too, Gary. Thanks so much. A privilege to, to being with, with you all and uh, continue to pray for our churches that are uh, pursuing revitalization. To our listeners, thanks so much for listening and Merry Christmas. And thanks for being part of Vitalnomics in 2020. Three. We will talk to you next year.